to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. This is your weekly podcast, delivering you the insight, ideas, and inspiration to successfully change and transform in our ever-evolving world of retail. Enjoy listening. Well, hi, and welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. My name is Oliver Banks. I'm your host. I'm a retail transformation specialist, a coach and a consultant here to help retailers define their ideal operating models and deliver the change and transformations that are needed to become more profitable and more relevant. Thank you for tuning in. This one is episode 177, number 177. And today we're diving into a topic that really goes hand in hand with transformation, innovation. The show notes from today are going to be at obandco.uk slash 177. And also on that link, you'll find the chance to sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing, my weekly email newsletter, which includes retail transformation headlines from around the world and all of the latest innovations that I'm seeing in and around our industry. Sign up for free at obandco.uk slash 177. Transformation needs innovation to be at the heart. Otherwise, why are you doing the transformation in many ways, right? And equally, innovation tends to lead to transformation, relative to its scale, of course. And actually, you may have heard me talking about fundamental transformation and incremental transformation. You know, is a given transformation, is it a big disruptive idea that completely starts from a proverbial clean sheet of paper? Or is it actually an evolution, an iterative improvement on what is already there? And I think the same is true of innovation too. You could have a fundamental innovation or an incremental innovation. It could be a massively disruptive idea or just a better way of doing things. And so for today's conversation, I'd like you to consider both of those types of innovation in scope. And innovation is a huge topic, of course, but today I've got four significant questions which I'd like to start with, hopefully with the aim of getting you to think a little bit differently about innovation. And then slightly later on, we're going to look at some different approaches, some different tactics and techniques that you can do to encourage and inspire innovation within your organisation. So here are four big questions for you to consider when it comes to innovation. Question one, what does innovation mean to you and to your company? Now, maybe this seems like an obvious question, but innovation means many different things to many different companies. And therefore, it also is going to mean different things to different individuals. And therefore, within your organisation, is there even a shared understanding of what is meant by the very word innovation? Because it could mean an idea. It could mean the process of coming up with creative ideas. It could be that moment of creativity where the idea is formed. Or innovation could be from before that moment of creativity all the way through to an implementation. And actually, what's quite interesting here is the word innovation is actually derived 
from the Latin verb innovar, to renew. And that's quite an interesting way of thinking about innovation differently. What would it be to renew something? I'm not talking so much a subscription here, but what would it mean to renew a house or a car or a relationship? And then think, how are you renewing your business, your business model, your operating model, your processes, your tools, your people, yourself? How are you renewing all of these things? So that's the first question. What does innovation mean to you and to your company? And perhaps the answer isn't quite as obvious as you first think. The second big question is, how innovative do you want to be relative to the wider world? Are you a pioneer or a fast follower? Or do you wait for the critical mass? Or are you a laggard? And is that aligned across your entire organisation? It's a bit of a follow-on from question one, that. And a great lead-in to question three as well. Where do you innovate? Because actually, you don't need to have the same innovation policy or placement across all parts of your organization's operating model. You can focus your innovative attention and aspiration into just some key parts of your business. Think about which parts of your business are most critical to your success, which are most critical to being able to achieve your purpose. And think about how innovation can help to continually renew these areas. Recognize and become comfortable with the fact that you don't need to innovate all parts of all areas at all times. Focus your innovation attention, like I say, where you're going to get the best return and it's going to have the biggest impact. And then the final question that I wanted to pose to you today is how do you be innovative rather than do innovation? But what does this mean? Well, this is about letting innovation become part of your corporate mindset, part of the culture. You know, it's easy to do innovation, maybe hold an innovation day or an innovation workshop or even run a brainstorming session, right? You could argue that is doing innovation. But if you are not becoming innovative within mindset, within the culture, then actually you are just forcing this creativity, shall we say. So how do you begin to build that so it happens naturally? It just feels right all of the time rather than we're going to do this as a special occasion. So those are the four questions. I'll come back to those at the end of the episode. But I also wanted to share some different tools, tips and tactics that you can do to help both do innovation, but in turn become more innovative. So first up, I'd like to definitely recognise that innovation starts before that moment of creativity, that moment of inspiration where the idea is created. And actually, if you want to be more innovative, you need to start to think about how you can feed your mind and the mind of your organisation with more inspiration. Henry Ford was famous for saying, if you always do what you've always done, you always get what you've always got. So consider this strongly when you are thinking about innovation. What is it that you are going to do differently 
to help you? How are you going to learn differently? How are you going to think differently? And this really, for me, is all about getting a different perspective, getting diversity of thinking from yourself and from those in your team and bringing others that have different thinking into that team as well. There are huge opportunities to learn so much more, understand more about different aspects, different skills, different arenas. If you have everyone from the same background with the same experience, how are you going to come up with different ideas? Equally, you want to be listening to others and understanding others much more. Maybe they're not directly involved in the team. Maybe they're not going to be directly involved in the innovation process or the wider transformation. It's a bit like method acting, right? Where you have actors going out to learn about a particular part that they have to play so that they can get that authenticity. They can understand what is going on. How are you going to method act to inspire more innovation or to drive your transformation forward? Think about that. And when you're thinking about getting others' perspectives, make sure that you are bringing in other skill sets and experiences, like I say, but also include seemingly irrelevant ones. That's your wild card in this whole area, I think. If you are looking at innovation in one part of your organisation, bring someone in from a completely different, completely irrelevant part of the organisation, or maybe outside the organisation as well. Fresh eyes can see what is different. Because if you just bring your functional experts together to innovate on their expertise, unfortunately, it's likely you're not going to get that much new thinking, right? Because otherwise it would have been done. So feed your mind and your organization's mind with inspiration. And equally, you can look at how you can source innovation as well. How can you encourage collaboration and contribution? from both within your organisation and looking externally as well. How can you bring in partners? How can you bring in, as we were talking about a moment ago, fresh pairs of eyes? And how can you set the environment up for encouraging innovation? Is that around holding innovation workshops and innovation days? Is it around getting out to different trade shows? Is it around partnering with Maybe other retailers that are non-competing, where you could do a collaborative, innovative day together. Is it about setting up hackathons? All of these can be great concepts to source innovation. And arguably, I'd say in our modern world, where we've got so many different SaaS companies, there really is a huge opportunity to source innovation in different ways. But from within your organization, just let's zoom into that for a moment. It's really important to empower your people to innovate. Consider this for a moment. Who in your organization or in your team would naturally say that innovation is part of their job or their role? Probably not everyone, but should it be? And actually, are key people who you would want to have innovation as part of their job or as part of their role, would they think and feel that too? I also think it's important to recognise that not everyone is naturally creative. We all play different parts in the innovation process. And I've always quite liked the Belbin team roles concept or model, 
to help explain this. In the Belbin model, there are many different roles that we can each play. This particular model calls the creative type the plant, adding in disruptive thinking. But then other people have other attributes to shape and progress. Maybe it's about adding in those details that allow it to flesh out. Maybe it's about being a critical thinker to test and improve it over time. Because innovation is more than just coming up with a crazy new idea. And so you must recognize this when you are empowering people to innovate. Because I suspect your wider organization, your wider team may not think of these other aspects, these other attributes as being so important to innovation. It does have this concept that an innovative person is the blue sky thinker, the out of the box thinker that can conjure up a crazy idea out of nothing that the rest of the mere mortals in the world couldn't possibly ever come up with. That is part of it, but it's not all of it, right? So encourage your people to recognize this and empower them to play the role that they are best at playing in that innovation process. Because the fear of failure is very real and that does limit it, it does get in the way. And that originates from many different aspects. But again, it is about the culture of the organization. And as we think back to those four questions early on, if you're not clear on all of those, clear both in your own head and across your peers and your wider organization, if there is misalignment, then the culture will react to innovation differently. And that is going to lead to this fear. Next, I'd like to think about how you can access your inner child. Children are wildly creative, but as we all grow up, we have rules and experiences embedded into us. That won't work. We're not allowed to do that. This must happen. We've tried that before. All of these things mean that innovation and creativity is strangled in our subconsciousness. We don't even get the chance to think because all of these, like I say, rules and experiences are squashing ideas down before we can even get them out. So the challenge is how can you let your inner child come out? What is it that you can put into place to enable you to stop thinking about those rules, stop thinking about all of that great experience you have? How can you have fun? How can you think quickly? How can you make it a game? Kids love games, right? So what is it that you can do? Is it about how many ideas can you do in five minutes? Is it about bringing in a different way of recording and sharing ideas? Maybe try drawing them rather than writing them. Try acting them out. I've done both of those as well, by the way. Amazing results. <laughs> they're, they're really incredible because it does get people to think differently. It's not so much about accessing your inner child, but also as you are trying to be more innovative, add movement, add oxygen to your brain. It's an incredibly easy way to enable different thinking. And as you're going through an innovation process and becoming more innovative, it's also important to recognize you need to flip between different thinking styles. If you were to let children go wild with all the ideas, 
that's great, but not all of them will work because the rules are true to some extent. Experiences are forged from reality. So you need to be able to flip between expansive, creative thinking and then reductive, critical thinking as well. And it's not just a one-time flip. You need to be able to continually balance between those two thinking styles. How are you thinking creatively? How are you making sure you're tailoring down, filtering and improving each of those ideas? Let's move on. I wanted to share some thoughts about getting clarity of the idea. Because if you don't have this clarity of the idea, it becomes confused as you explain it. It means different people understand different things. Expectations get jumbled. And being very clear about the idea is great because it lets the idea spread. It lets people share it. And once people start to share it, it builds momentum. And momentum helps drive it through to completion, to implementation. So here's a little framework to help get that clarity. Frame, name, and explain. What does this mean? So we start with frame. What is the frame of the idea? What is the context? What's the problem? What's the status quo? Next, name. How do you name the idea? What should people call it? Because if someone can't call it something, it gets difficult to explain. Look at how successful Amazon have been with their idea of a checkout free store. Just walk out. That's what they called their technology. And you see that being referenced because it's very clear. It sort of explains the idea in and by itself. But it is something that someone can call. It's a just walk out technology. It's a just walk out store rather than, oh, it's this sort of store which has cameras and it works out what it is. You know, that gets very complicated because you're using so many more words than you need to. But if you name the idea, people can call it. People can spread that idea in a clear and consistent way. So you've framed it, you've named it, and then you do need to explain the idea too. What is the concept? What is at the heart of it? And how is it done? So if you follow this framework, frame, name, explain, you can get more clarity into the idea and help your idea spread across the organization. Let's take a pivot because I wanted to talk about Agile for a moment. Agile has been a huge trend recently, really encouraged on by the flexibility needed to deal with the pandemic. And I think Agile as a mindset has an important part to play in innovation as well. Think about iterations of innovation. You do not need to come up with one innovation that is there to rule it all. Think about what an MVP is that could let you get started. Test the DNA, the very essence of an idea. And then as you continue to test, continue to learn, continue to evolve. And I think as you take on this agile mindset to innovation, that's going to help you enormously. Another key consideration is around greenhousing. This is about letting an idea grow. Imagine a seed, very fragile. What do you do? You put it in a greenhouse. You let it get some early roots out. You get some early leaves out. It's protected from the wider elements. And you can see what that seed is. What is the plant? 
So give your ideas and innovations a safe space to flourish to a small scale before deciding if it's a good idea. Now, this could be done in a number of different ways. Maybe you have a hothouse store where ideas can be tested in a relative low-risk environment. How could you give employees time and freedom to work on their own projects? How can you bring hackathons in, for example, as we touched on earlier, to rapidly work on different ideas so that you can, in a very short amount of time, see if there is something worthwhile there? So think about how you can greenhouse your ideas. And then finally, I did want to just come back to some of the cultural challenges of innovation. Fear of failure was something I mentioned relatively briefly earlier on. And this is a very real challenge. And so as you think about how your culture can be innovative, you need to think about a number of the different topics that we've spoken about today. How are you going to use greenhousing, for example, to not strangle new ideas with tough requirements and expectations right from the very start? How are you going to enable your people to have more fun so they can access their inner child? They can come up with those creative ideas. How are you going to help people flip between expansive and reductive thinking? How are you going to empower people to innovate? How are you going to celebrate failure? How are you going to feed your mind and your organization's mind with inspiration? And most importantly, how are you going to not punish new ideas that don't work? Now, let's be honest for a moment. No organization will ever admit that they punish new ideas that don't work. No leader will ever say that they intentionally disqualify people for coming up with innovative thinking, right? That, that doesn't come through. So play with me here. What happens if you and your organization is one of those that do, but don't say so, don't realize? How are you going to even realize if you are creating a culture that fears failure? And what is it that you would need to do to overcome that if that was you, if that was your organization. Because like I say, no one intentionally does this. So do just take a moment to think, well, what if? What if that was me? What would I need to do? So we're gonna wrap this up, but I did just want to come back to those four questions once again. And I'm gonna put these on the show notes today as well. So those four questions. Question one, what does innovation mean to you and to your company? Question two, how innovative do you want to be relative to the wider world? Question three, where do you innovate within your operating model? And question four, how do you be innovative rather than do innovation? So I do have one more thought to share, but like I say, you can get those four questions if you want to note them down. And I encourage you to seriously reflect on these on the show notes at obandco.uk slash 177. And do remember to sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing as well, which, by the way, is an excellent source to feed you and your organization's mind with new inspiration. So definitely go and sign up if you haven't already. 
www.obandco.uk slash 177. Also over there, I've got some additional listening, further episodes of the Retail Transformation Show that I think you're going to absolutely love listening to if you've enjoyed this episode. I've got four episodes for you. So they are episode 87 and 88. That's a two-part conversation with Joe Jackman exploring the reinventionist mindset. Great episodes. Next, check out episode 113 with Dr. Jackie Mulligan called Disruptive Thinking in a Volatile World. That will encourage you to think differently as well, I hope. And then finally, if you'd like a refreshing way to understand Agile, then episode 116 is for you with Lawrence Benemma as we explore what really Agile means. So those episodes are going to be on the show notes, obandco.uk slash 177. And I did want to just leave you with one final thought. And that is that the idea is only part of innovation. So the innovation challenge is much more than just that sort of moment of inspiration, that moment of creativity. You need to be able to add substance to the idea. You need to be able to develop it from a seedling into a fully grown tree. And implementation is key because without it, your idea on paper is only that. Its impact is nothing. It's limited by what can be achieved within the edges of the proverbial page. But an idea in real life can and will have real impact and can scale and reach in so many ways. And an idea in real life will breed more ideas. It will create more seeds. So as you think about inspiring innovation across your organization, consider how you can celebrate more than just the idea. Thanks for tuning in to the Retail Transformation Show. I'd love to hear your thoughts as always. You can always reach out to me, by the way, oliver.banks at obandco.uk or find me on LinkedIn. I'm Oliver Banks. And I'll look forward to hearing from you and joining you in another episode of the Retail Transformation Show very, very soon. Bye for now. Bye for now.